Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free Posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Hey everyone, this week your clubhouse guest with your hosts Kevin and Ashley is Carrie Roseman. She was episode number 83 and she is back again to talk more about mindset, how she runs a business, and to answer questions from the audience. Again, if you're not on Clubhouse, make sure you jump on because you can ask our guests questions live and be featured on the podcast. Okay, let's get started with Kevin, Ashley, and Carrie. Welcome, everyone, to the Portrait System Podcast Clubhouse Edition. My name is Kevin Conde, and I'm here with my co-host, Ashley Taylor. If you are not familiar with the Portrait System, we are a portrait photography podcast that is powered by Sue Bryce Education. Nikki Klosser hosts our regular Monday episodes, and Ashley and I co-host our Clubhouse Edition, which is live here on the Clubhouse app every Friday at noon Pacific. And our episodes are released on Thursdays. You can tune in on your favorite podcast app by searching for the Portrait System. Ashley, how are you today? I'm great, Kevin, and I'm so excited to be here co-hosting our chat again with you today. And I'm excited to introduce our guest for today, Carrie Roseman, who is a portrait photographer. Welcome, Carrie. Oh, yay. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, So Ashley and I had listened to your podcast episode with Nikki Klosser, and it was full of amazing information that we felt we wanted to have you on. That way we can go uh, even deeper into the process of your business, the type of mindset that is needed, and the steps that you take to be so successful. Uh, We learned that your sales average is sitting at around uh, 6,000 a session now, but obviously that's not where you started. Uh, When you finally made the leap from wedding photography to portraits, what did your pricing look like? What would you say your average was at the time? Oh my goodness. This is a, this is a great question. And it, <laughs> um, it was very scary to make the leap because honestly, I had no idea what I was doing at all. And that's, um, you know, uh, finding Sue Bryce and Sue Bryce education, I think was just starting around that time. That is really what made me make the leap and give me the courage into going into like full portrait, full IPS. Like I was scared constantly (laughs) at first, you know, when she suggested like, oh, the lowest possible thing you should sell is like $900 or a thousand dollars. I was like, oh my God, nobody's ever paid me this much for portraits before. So I had a lot of work to do there. But once I kind of got into the flow and started to sell uh, in-person sales and selling, you know, collections for what we call, you know, like a sustainable business, I think it was pretty immediately around 1800. Um, 
And my packages have gone through several incarnations over the last, you know, five years or so. So I, that may have been one of my top packages back then. I can't, I honestly can't remember what my pricing was like. I think my lowest package was like 1200 or something. Um, but yeah, it was probably when I made the switch around 1800. And when, as you're transitioning over from weddings to portraits, was there ever a moment where you might've hit like a speed bump? You might've had a slow period, uh, as you're transitioning over that you're like, Nope, Nope, I'm out back to weddings. Or was the transition smooth enough and slow enough that you, it didn't really affect you? <sighs> No, I mean, it was definitely bumpy and there was a lot else that was going on. I think I mentioned this in my podcast with Nikki that I had a second job for a long time. Like I was a server and a bartender and, you know, in hospitality and in bars and restaurants for 22 years of my working life. So there was like a part-time job involved with kind of giving me a little bit of comfort and help while I was building up my portrait business. So um, it took quite a bit of courage to actually make the full leap from just like leaving any of those jobs into going full-time portrait, like, and being a full-time entrepreneur. So that jump actually happened in 2016, 2017, I think. I think it was July of 2017. So um, it's been about, it's been four years now that I've been just like fully, just like self-sustaining entrepreneur. So, uh, I did have like a little bit of, you know, help from part-time work along the way. But then when I went full in, it was really scary. I, I can't remember if I'm answering your question fully. Well, <laughs> no, that's awesome. I wanted to say, first of all, congratulations on the four years of being full-time. That's amazing. And I also love that you brought up having a part-time job and also like a, you know, a day job because so many of our listeners and members also are coming from that place. And I think sometimes people develop a lot of shame around it, but I always think like, it's better to have security and be able then to charge industry prices and practice and grow your business, kind of scaling it the right way with, you know, not trying to undercut just because you're trying to get by um, when you have a part-time job. So maybe you could speak to that aspect, like did having the uh, hospitality job, like help you to Ha like stay confident with your pricing and not jump around a lot and really move the ball forward with growing your business? Um, well, this, this is an interesting question. I mean, I, I'm happy to talk about this because I think not enough people talk about this. Like I've been a portrait photographer for 17 years, but for several of those years, I had a second job. Um, I think the, one of the biggest gifts that the service industry gave me was the fact that I was all about service and I was detail oriented and I knew how to make people feel seen and taken care of and anticipate their needs. As far as pricing goes, I had a lot of money blocks to work through. Um, at the same time that I found, you know, Sue's education, I was also starting to work with like a life coach and a business coach. So I've had, you know, and, and then there's mentors in our industry as well. Of course, obviously Sue and, and everybody else in the group. And, um, 
looking up to those people and then having somebody in my personal world who was helping me very directly break through blocks that I just didn't know how to break through on my own. And pricing and money was a huge part of that. And it wasn't just something that I worked on once. This is, and still, even to this day, it's very consistent work. It's like peeling back the layers of an onion to break through blocks sometimes. And I think that's where sometimes photographers or, you know, people working for themselves in general or creative people get hung up because they they get impatient and they're like, I worked on this. Like, why isn't it working yet? And it's like, it's a process. Like, it's okay. Give yourself some grace. Like, um, so I, again, I, I hope that I'm answering your question there. Like having, having the, the support of the part-time job where I was making, you know, like when I was, I don't know, wherever I was working, if I made two fifty in a night, it was like amazing. And and then all of a sudden, like I'm charging that for a, a session fee. And then I was like, great. And then I get to sell portraits on top of it. So it gave me confidence in that way. And, and it gave me confidence to leave that job in that way. Cause I'm like, well, I can make way more <laughs> obviously selling portraits than I can if I'm busting my butt all night, um, you know, serving uh, drinks and food. So um, in that, uh, I, I loved that work. I'm really glad that I had that experience, but at the time that I made the, the jump to full time, like I was, I was really ready for it. I mean, I was scared, but like I did it anyway. Um, so I hope that answers the question. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, could you talk through some of your first money blocks that you had to get through? Cause I think that's a huge thing for, again, the people in our group and our listeners. It's just about what is that work that we have to do? Like, is it journaling? Is it mantras? Is it all of the above? Is it looking at our personal history? You know, like, can you talk a little bit about your first blocks and what came up for you to overcome them? I think one of the first major blocks around the money piece was the fact that I was not my client at that time. And there are, <laughs> you know, when people are creating work that they are then selling, I think people have a really hard time creating a departure around that where they're like, oh, well, you know, I, I wouldn't pay this much for photos. It's like, but that doesn't matter. You have to get over that and just be like, my time is worth the price that I'm asking for. My art is worth the price that I'm asking for. And I know that to my core. And even if you're not your client right now, it doesn't mean that you won't become your client. And I think that that's an evolution that that is, is really important. I do think that portrait photographers so, 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 so should have this experience and pay that money. Um, to another photographer that they love, but sometimes it takes a little while to step into that, and that's totally fine. Um, but that was probably the big one where I constantly was kind of judging everything by the measuring stick through my own eyes. Like, well, I wouldn't do this, but it doesn't matter. I'm not my client. How do I? How do I separate? the mindset around that. So when you start to learn these things and like journaling definitely helps. Like I'm somebody who remembers things. If I write it down, um, vision boards, all of these things, like I'm very tactical kind of person. I like to touch things and like write things. Um, so, so getting through those things like journaling a lot definitely helps, but then working with my coach and, and realizing like what we're the work we were actually doing 
and the work for personal growth in general is very much about creating a different neural pathway in your brain. So you're breaking old patterns, you're breaking old mindset, you're breaking old negative thoughts that come in in order to create the new habit, create the new way of thinking. And, you know, and then you can kind of start to detach the emotion around it. And, it, and it's definitely a process. So with those money blocks of comparing what you're able to, I guess, afford versus what someone else can, those are the money blocks. Were there any self-value uh, blocks that you felt you had to work through as you're growing your business to then ultimately allow you to then take off? Yeah. I mean, for sure. The, the self-value piece was huge because it's like, okay, I'm asking these people to pay, you know, 1200, 1500, 1800. And then, you know, obviously growing more from that through, through the years, I'm asking these people to pay that at first. It was like going through some level of imposter syndrome. I'm like, well, is this even worth it? Like what, you know, you know, and, and then not sounding confident in asking for the money in those sessions, but through, you know, every session, getting a little bit more practice, gaining a little bit more confidence helped me step into that value every single time. Because not only was I judging myself, but then it was like, I was also trying to anticipate you know, do these people have the money to spend? Do they value what I'm doing? Like, oh, I can't imagine them spending three grand on this or whatever. And it's like, I was so in my own head about it that that kind of got in the way of serving sometimes. So I, am I answering? Yeah, (laughs) no, I think that's like so important that you brought up like judging when a client you know, when you, when you think maybe a client couldn't afford something, um, I recently shot, uh, like a college graduation and it wasn't that I didn't think she could afford it, but I was just like, Oh, like, you know, that's just not, that's not my normal clientele. I usually photograph women in their forties, their fifties. And maybe I just didn't realize how important like college graduation photos would be to someone. Cause it, it wasn't important to me when I graduated college and she bought my biggest package she was thrilled. She was like crying. She was like, these are the photos I've dreamed of like my whole life. And I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, you know? wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just kind of like brings it back. And like, yeah, maybe there was this tiny part of me that like when she inquired, I was like, oh, I don't know if this is my client, you know, but luckily I've been in the, you know, the field long enough to, to know to like, you know, lead with service, trust that someone knows how to make the best decisions for themselves educate them on pricing, let them make their own decisions, educate them on the packages, let them make their own choices. Um, But in the beginning, I might have sabotaged myself too with judgment. So I think it's a really good thing that you just brought up right there. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's incredibly important that we know at the core that it's none of our business what's in somebody else's bank account. And it's not our place to judge them if they drive a beater car, if they drive a BMW, or if they live in a big house or a small house, like people are going to pay for what they value 100% every time. (laughs) Exactly. And all those values are can be so wildly different too. Mm -hmm. Um, Kevin, I'll toss the next question to you. Carrie, so you obviously, you exude confidence. You, you, following you online, we just see it. Is this something that you've always had or you felt you've had to grow with the experience of shoot after shoot, 
as you were saying? Is this something that uh, you're like in the beginning with your clients or now with time? Now, obviously, boom, 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 I can do this. So then you can then exude that confidence. This is a great question. And I love this. Um, I have always been a confident person in things that I was good at. So I was always confident in my ability to make beautiful portraits. So I think that was very helpful. Where I wasn't confident that the areas that I needed to work on was uh, my self-value and the money mindset stuff. Like, and my ability to talk to people, like, and even, you know, if you wanted to, if you guys had a podcast (laughs) four years ago and you were like, Hey, you want to come on my podcast? I would be like sweating and freaking out and not able to speak coherently. Like, cause I was just so nervous and I, and I wasn't practiced at it. Um, but through networking and, you know, working with my clients and everything, I, I got a lot more comfortable. And then one of my coaches said to me over, you know, years ago, something that always stuck with me is that you can't say the wrong thing to the right person and you can't say the right thing to the wrong person. So I'm like, okay, even if I fumble over my words or whatever, it's fine because the people who I'm talking to say on a consultation call, if I'm like fumbly bumbly, like I've still booked to those people because they valued what I did and we made a connection and they liked it and they wanted the portrait session. So as, and other times when I've been completely flawless, people are like, okay, no, not for me. And I'm like, okay, you just have to like that. So that's something that kind of helped me in my mind as far as gaining my confidence, even around talking about my business or what I do or saying my prices, you know, it's, it's really important. I think to treat everybody that comes in like the creme de la creme client and like they're all going to spend a million bucks. Because <laughs> if you treat them like that, they're going to feel seen and amazing and likely spend more than they were anticipating anyway. But even if they bought your smallest package, it doesn't matter because they're still probably bragging about you to all their friends. So it's like you want to treat everybody amazing <laughs> and give great service. And you know, and, and it just kind of grows from there. So that's really kind of helped me step into the different levels of confidence. Like it's, it's been a process. Like I've always been confident at my photography. I had to get confident at speaking, you know, speaking about money and asking for the money. I had to be confident in creating boundaries with my clients. Like for example, around rescheduling things like that. Um, and now part of all of that, what has gone into that is just valuing my time, you know, knowing what my time is worth, knowing what my 17 years of experience is worth, knowing how much I've put in invested into my education and ongoing still going to workshops and, uh, you know, paying for online courses and all of the things like, what is that worth? And standing in that power. So that's really kind of helped my confidence as well. Like I bring a lot to the table and I know that I can like talk to anybody in a room and give value. So, and I know I'm not for everybody either. So I have really big energy and it's not for everybody. And that's totally fine. (laughs) I get it. I get it. (laughs) I think one of the points you just made too, if I can like backtrack a little, is really key to that. Uh, like around setting boundaries and valuing your time more. I definitely think, and I know I've fallen into this and I'd be curious if you did along the way too, that 
there's a point where you start charging more, like you're starting to get these really high averages. But at least for me, it was always like, oh, now I almost need to like work harder. I need to prove that I'm worth this. Like, like essentially that at a $1,500 and $1,800 average sale, that was fine. Cause you know, for, but to like do the exact same work and to suddenly make twice or three times the amount on the shoot, there was this feeling of, oh, well, maybe now I need to like add more, like I need to be more available or more flexible or, you know, so like, how did you ever have a feeling of that? And how did you like make that shift to really valuing your time? Mm, this, yeah, this is another great question. And I love this. And Sue talks about this too, um, in SBE and all of that about how like, oh, just because we have like a bigger package, it doesn't mean we need to throw in the kitchen sink and our firstborn child and our pets. And, you know, like people, <laughs> people just want to be served at a high level. And um, actually something that helped me break through learning this was also through coaching and things like, like personal coaching and masterminds and things that I've been in where um, I've seen really high performing coaches in all different industries and they coach all different things where their highest price thing that they offer is often the least high touch thing because the people who are paying like the high price want efficiency and expertise the end <laughs> like so that's it kind of helped me wrap my mind around that because too I was like well maybe I should throw in a wall portrait or maybe I should throw in this and maybe I should send them this and it's like they want to be taken care of and they want to be seen and yes gifting is nice and I do gift in my business as well to my to my clients but they're they're not expecting you to throw in like every product under the sun just because they spend a top amount with you they are hiring you because you are efficiently going to get exactly what they want. Um, and they're, they're willing to pay the luxury price for it. So that's kind of the shift that I had to make around that. But yeah, it was, it was definitely a process because there was a time when, when I was like, let me add this on and let me add this on. And then you kind yeah. of break it down. And it's like, you know what? I'm actually confusing my client. <laughs> like they, They're coming to me to be efficient. And I'm like, oh, but this and this. And I was like, no, make it easy to understand. They're paying for your expertise at the end. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's such a good point too with personal branding shoots. Like, I know for me, my really high touch, high end personal branding clients, like, they actually don't want the longest photo session in the world. They don't want to have like a whole storyboarding session. They're like, I trust you know the shots I need. <laughs> like, tell me what to bring. Uh, send me links to outfits or whatever. I'll come with it and just, um, you know, like just bang these shots out for me because I've got a million other things going on in my my life. So I think that that's so important because it's like, yeah, when people are really high end, they just want great service. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And they and these high performing people who are coming to get these like, you know, brand refresh or, or whatever, a, a whole new photo shoot or, or just new headshots or whatever, or images for a speaking gig or something like they're busy. <laughs> they're yeah. extremely busy. So it's like, make the most of your time with them when you do have their attention and then like knock it out of the park when, when they're in front of you. And not only are people paying for efficiency in your expertise, but they are also paying for you. Like they're, yes. they're buying you. Like that's what they're buying. <laughs> so 
Carrie, how do you then determine what is, when crafting a package, what is considered something that you're giving them for your expertise and efficiency versus this is giving them the kitchen sink? Mm. Like, where do you draw that line? Like, oh, maybe I shouldn't add this wall portrait because this is me giving them the kitchen sink versus, okay, this is just enough. This is what they're looking for. Hmm. I have my thinking face on, which you guys can't see because we're all on audio. (laughs) (laughs) But I have a thinking face and it's on right now. So um, that's a good question. So I I think this has to just do with how I've crafted my packages in general. And um, my business is is at the point where I've been very successfully selling, you know, the folio box and, and digital packages for branding. But I mean, I, I always want people to have the printed portrait just because they're getting digitals doesn't mean that the price has changed. So I, I do it like most, a lot of us in SBE uh, do it where you, they get the corresponding digital file for any print that they purchase. Um, so I've been really trying to like make a push for wall art <laughs> because I really want to be decorating the walls of people's homes. And I think it's really important. I grew up in a home like that. Um, so I find it to be like nostalgic and important for me, especially, but I don't add my packages in general. When people are getting like collections of a a number of images, I have them set up for 10, um, 15 or 20 portraits, and then they can add on five or add on singles once they get to that top package, if they want more than 20, but I don't include like a wall portrait with that top package. If they want a wall portrait that's added on at whatever the wall portrait price is for the size they're buying. Um, but I do. So I, I don't know. Am I answering your, your question, Kevin? I, I yeah, don't no. do like a kitchen sink thing, but I do gift. And if somebody is kind of like hemming and hawing between for example, getting like, the, the budget they have is for like a wall portrait, but they want a, a set of 15 images, but they can't quite afford both. And then maybe they go down to like the 10 to get the wall portrait. Sometimes I'll do an add more for more than, but my pricing is such that I can do that. You know, I can entice them to that package where they're really getting what they want and not feeling disappointed by not having, you know, the extra five portraits that they wanted. Um, and that's something that we're totally allowed to do. And I feel at very at ease in the sales room now talking about that and, and giving more for more because my pricing is such that I, I can offer that. Um, and again, it's not for every client. Not everybody's expecting that. But if somebody's hemming and hawing and I, I'm like, I don't want them to leave here disappointed and they really do deserve these portraits. And like, what is it to me if I gift them a couple extra? Like, I will do that to close the sale. Does that make sense? Of course. Uh, while, while we're on the topic of, of uh, product and pricing, I know you went over it with Nikki, um, but can you kind of reiterate kind of what your packages are and what comes in them? Sure, sure. Um, okay, so I know that some people are probably surprised at my session fee, so I'll start there. Um, and I do a really good job at, at like selling the experience on this when I'm on the phone with my clients. Um, 
but because it does include a whole lot. So I make it sound really enticing and amazing because it is, and it does require a lot of effort that it's a custom session design. We have wardrobe guidelines and a, and a wardrobe consultation. So we get your outfits planned up for the photo shoot day itself. We have professional hair and makeup. It's up to a four hour shoot with five looks. It's a fully guided shoot. So you're not going to have to guess how to stand, where to put your hands, where to look. I'm going to coach you through all of that. And then we also have our photo premiere session. And that's when you get to choose the collection and buy your photograph. So I describe it like that. And I say, I charge $1,500 for that. And then your portraits are purchased separately. So portrait packages start at 10 with $3,100, then $15 for $3,750, and we do $20 for $4,500. And then we can add on um, $5 for $875 or singles for $450. I usually don't hit them with like, like all the add-on prices. I usually give them like... The range is 3100 to 4500 and sometimes people spend 10k plus and sometimes people come in and spend 3 the average spend i say is in about the $5000 range so that's pretty succinctly how i describe it uh the 1500 does that include that doesn't include any uh credit towards portraits and that's just strictly your your creative fee that is the creative fee and you know i when I first put it up that high, it again, this was like a scary move. <laughs> and I didn't just like, I didn't just decide one day, like, oh, you know what? <laughs> like, six ninety five isn't enough. I'm just going to charge fifteen hundred. This was something that I actually got encouraged from um, a coach in a, a online like networking retreat thing that I went to which I was the only photographer in the room and I was with all of these super high performing coaches. And when I talk about super, it's like multi six into seven figure business people. Um, and somebody stopped the room and said to me, I wouldn't even take you seriously unless you were charging four figures to work with you. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> let me, let me think about what I'm doing over here. <laughs> so the record then, scratch. <laughs> like, yeah, it was like a pin drop. You could hear a pin drop in the room. Like, and I was just like, Oh my God, like maybe I'm, Am I undervaluing myself? And then I thought about it and I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try this out try this on, see how it feels. And people pay it. And so I was like, okay, wow. great. This works. This is, you know, but it did take me, it took me a few times of being like, and it's $1,500. You know what I mean? Like, of course. I no, no, no. scared at first, but, but now I'm just like, well, I mean, that is what it is, but it also gives me room in there to like, have a continuing client rate for less, obviously, if I want to like have continued business, like I can like gift stuff to my returning people. Like it gives me some breathing room in there. It gives me breathing room around having the the full team in, in the studio, um, which sometimes it's like a little bit of a full house, which is good, you know, um, with my hair and makeup person and I have a video person and um, an assistant sometimes. So there's, quite a few of us. I have worked with a stylist and sometimes my behind the social, the scenes, social media gal is there so we can post the stories in real time. Like, um, there's a lot going on. It's not like I'm making a ton of money off of, off of the session fee. I'm just, I'm trying to cover the cost. So I'm not coming out of pocket on the back end when I'm selling the product. And I know there's so many different ways of, of selling and figuring out cost of doing business and overhead and all that stuff. I was just really concerned about trying to figure out what felt good for me and how I wanted to run my business going forward. If it feels good to charge 250, 450, 550, 800, 1200, whatever, like 
all of it works. It all works. <laughs> as long <laughs> as you're comfortable just, with it, obviously. Yeah, right? this is just what feels good to me right now. Um, and, you know, and maybe I will add on, like, I, I'm, I'm tempted to add on a wall art credit just to encourage more wall art sales. But um, we, we shall see. I think that would be like a special kind of promo that I would do. Now we've also reached the time for audience questions. So if you are listening and you want to ask Kiri a question, please just raise your hand by hitting the hand icon in the lower right and we can bring you up on stage and ask your question. And while we wait for questions, I was going to ask you, Kiri, is is your average based off of, is your pricing the same for all across? Because I know you said beauty, boudoir, and branding. Is that charging the same across the across the board? Yes. Yeah. And uh, uh, one more thing I want to say about the session fee too is um, for a while there, I was charging like in the 550 to like 695 range for my session fee. And when I was describing the experience and everything it included and then saying, oh, and, and I charged 550 for that. And people were like, oh my God, that's it? Like I heard that from people <laughs> and I was just like, okay, maybe it is time to raise this. So um, it's just kind of, it, it's feeling in your gut what feels good. And then, you know, also kind of like listening for the direct feedback <laughs> that you're getting from the people who are paying you. Like if you have people who are really quick, yes on things, um, and, and notice it too for, for yourself when you go and buy something and somebody quotes you a price that is less than you thought it was going to be. You're like, Oh my God. Yeah. Take my money right now. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? We've all had that experience. So. I just kind of want people to to start thinking in that way as well. When it comes to how you uh, get your clients and are keeping your calendar filled, are you mostly working off referral? Do you run ads? Do you still go to networking events? What is your what is your marketing mix like? Well, I'm happy to say that networking in person is finally happening again. Yay! <laughs> so, um, I really love networking. So I, I'm trying to ramp up that effort. And I'm also networking online too, reaching out to people and, and connecting with them and finding out about their businesses. So that is a big part of it. But it's also definitely a lot referral based. And those are the best, right? Because it, it's it's warmed up. You usually have, you know, um, people like talking very amazingly about you and then they their friends reach out. And that that's always the best. I love that because my clientele like I want more of them. <laughs> so if they send me their friends, yes, absolutely, 100%. And I do get, I do get some cold leads sometimes um, that come in through, like someone will say, oh, I found you on Google. And I'm like, oh, yes, my SEO is working. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that always surprises me, but, uh, but in a good way. Um, but yeah, I would say mostly referrals. Awesome. Well, we have a question from David Franco. So David, if you want to go ahead and ask your question and unmute yourself. Hello. Hi, I'm David Franco. I'm from Los Angeles and uh, I'm a portrait photographer. I um, I don't really shoot a lot of families, but I shoot them because they pay me the most. And hearing these stories about people that are really successful, like personal branding sessions and stuff like that, like I would love some insight on how you're approaching these sessions to get the higher sales. Because like when I, whenever I do personal branding, people only really want like three or four images and then the sales just pretty low overall. And I love like just some... 
I don't know, I guess tips or insight on like, how are you pushing these averages to get into, you know, like the higher figures to kind of make most of, uh, to make people excited and to get people like, you know, really spending more money on their personal branding sessions, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's, that's a great question, David. And, you know, a switch that I made over the shutdown last year, I did a lot of like revamping on the back end of my business and restructuring pricing and like updating my ideal client avatar over our four, four months shutdown. And part of what was involved in that was dropping my a la carte. I am not going to put my energy into creating an entire portrait session to sell three portraits. I'm just not doing it. <laughs> like I would do it for wall art if we were, but that's, that's the kind of thing that you, can find out during your discovery calls and the booking process and your intake. And if you're having any sort of consultation with your client is finding out what are we shooting for? What's the end product? And sometimes people don't know, and that's fine too. But again, like my smallest package is 10 photographs. But if I have somebody who wants to come in and they're like, oh yeah, I'm definitely just going to get the 10. And I'm like, great, then we will do three outfits for your shoot. Like I'm not going to max it out and do five outfits and spend four hours shooting to create a hundred images. I'm showing them to narrow it down to 10. Does that make sense? Um, because it also gets overwhelming and confusing for the client at that point. So I guess the, the, the long-winded answer here um, is to trying to find out a little bit more at the beginning what what you're creating for them. And then they're counting on you to be the expert. I'm like, if you're doing a whole personal branding session, there's no way you're going to need under 10. Like most of my personal branding people get between 20 and 30, 40 photographs. Um, and, and they really do need that for their business. Um, so I, I hope, does that, does that help you? Because like, no, no, that's this is super, super helpful. Um, I never really thought about that. I I do a la carte pricing for my personal branding because I always I like I get very um, I still have money blocks and I'm like and I try to like make it easier for people that just need a picture for their you know their social media or whatever. But then I I end up feeling disappointed because I'm like, well, I know we have all these amazing images, but I didn't educate them on the pricing well enough to really like you know make use of their time and my time um so hearing about your process is actually really helpful uh, i think i might start doing that i might just start doing um saying you know this is my package this is my lowest package and this is what you get with that and you know and just educating people and not doing the a la carte thing because i think you're right i think it's like i want to make use of my time and not feel like i'm wasting my time you know so um yeah this is good this is super helpful thank you you're welcome i, I it's also very much about you know, checking in with what feels aligned with how you want to work. And this is like constant self-awareness work. I had a couple of like low sales, like single portrait sales that weren't wall art. And they bought that because I allowed it to happen. And I didn't do enough on the discovery part to really like figure out what they wanted. And then I was disappointed just in the fact that like I own responsibility for that. I let it happen. I sold that. That was fine. But I decided to draw a boundary for myself and say, I'm not doing that going forward. So how do I craft this experience around, you know, like if I have somebody contact me and they're like, oh, hey, I just need a couple of headshots. If they're a returning client, I'm happy to create, you know, somebody I want to work with again. I'm happy to create something around that. But um, cold traffic coming in like a one 
you know, coming in for one headshot or two, uh, doesn't really make sense. Like I would rather do the full portrait session. Uh, now I've done, you know, days in my business where it's like, I've done like a headshot, I guess people call them minis. I don't really like to use that term, but like, I've done like several people in one day, just concentrating on headshots, but I don't know. It just, after a while, didn't really feel fulfilling for me either. So I, I stopped doing that. So if somebody's going to book in for portraits for their business, they're having a full session and they're getting at least 10. And I guide them in the way that I, I you know, I let them know. I'm like, I, we are going to create these beautiful images for you. And I'm going to guide you through the selection so we can get the most dynamic images that you need for your brand. And people are like, oh my God, you're going to help me do that? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and I say, people generally like more than they think they're going to. So I just want to prepare you for that. But if you are set on the 10, we will get you to the 10. And so if somebody... If somebody approached you and they said, hey, you know, I, I really need an updated LinkedIn photo. I love, I love your style. I would love to shoot with you. Um, are you like right away now educating them on pricing them for like a 10 image package saying like, oh, well, this is like the star boat. This is you know, like, how would you how do you kind of like, does that make sense? It depends on where the inquiry is coming in from, because I try to direct everyone back to the contact, the contact form on my website, because <laughs> it makes people jump through some hoops on there. It's uh, ask them for a little bit more information. It tells them right there that my um, session fee, my creative fee is 1500 and then ask them to pick from a drop down what is their level of investment, because I want them to see Perfect. some numbers up front. Um, but this is, again, this is just what I have found that's working for me, that's working right now, rather than just getting on the phone with all of the cold traffic from everywhere who has zero idea about what I charge. I, w I felt like I was spending so much time on the phone with people who weren't qualified. So it's just a way of trying to filter down the leads that are qualified into your business to get you your valuable time on the phone. So it has in helped increase my booking rate because people are like at that level, if they're willing to fill out the form and they're willing to see the prices and they're willing to schedule their phone call, then they're usually willing to have the portrait session. So that's, that's just a, a filtering process that I've gone through. Um, but if I meet somebody at a networking event and they're like, oh, hey, I need a LinkedIn shot, I'd be like, great, I'd, I'd love to talk about a portrait session with you and what that looks like. Um, you know, and I kind of uh, describe it from there. And, you know, I, I kind of frame it from the fact of like, let, hey, let's see if this is a good fit. Like, this is this is what I offer. Is that exciting for you? You know, like I try to make it sound awesome. like energetic and exciting, you know, like, <laughs> so. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks so much, David. And I see that Dallas has a question. So Dallas, if you could unmute yourself, state your full name and ask your question, that'd be great. Hi, Carrie. Thanks so much for your great talk today. Um, my name is Dallas Kiro. I'm a portrait and branding photographer in Alberta, Canada. Um, I'm so impressed by all the work you've done on your self-value and um, delivering this high-end experience to your clients. And I'm really curious about the work you've done around boundaries because you've been talking about you know, how you're working with these busy people who are high achieving, who want an expert, but you're also protecting your own time by um, putting these boundaries in place. So I'm wondering if you could speak to that at all about how you deliver this high end experience that makes people feel well served, um, but also like gently or maybe firmly states your boundaries like from the get go. Thank you. Yeah, this is a great question. Um, and 
this is something that I think we all <laughs> kind of struggle with. And it, it literally is just from having experience figuring out like what you're willing to do and what you're not and kind of, you know, being gentle about it a little bit, not just being like, oh, you know, drunk, like ruling with an iron fist and like <laughs> talking to people like that. But for example, I don't give out my personal cell phone number anymore. I have a business phone number through Vonage, which I have an app on my phone. So I can still talk to my clients or text them on my phone from the studio number. But I also don't answer like, you know, um, I, I try not to have people contact my clients, contact me through DMs and things like that, because then the communication gets lost. I try to keep everything in the same place and we can text clients through the the business line, but I also don't answer after hours and things like that. I have my business email on my phone turned off as well, which I know some people are probably like gasping at the fact that I just said that, but I have a studio manager who monitors my inbox. And like, if there's anything super pressing, um, like if I'm away from my computer and I haven't seen an email, like we, we communicate on Voxer, but I see the email every day. I just, I need to step away from it after hours and on weekends. So I'm not the one of the, I guess this is again, a long-winded way to say one of my boundaries is around my time and I'm not available on call 24 <laughs> seven because I will go insane. <laughs> I just can't, I can't do that. So, um, I mean, if somebody kind of oversteps a boundary or, you know, I just kind of gently lead them back. Um, I have a reschedule policy that we go over right when they book in. So they know they can't reschedule four times. Like that's not a thing that we do in my business. Um, there's also, you know, just like, and I've had people be really distracted on a phone call or something. And uh, maybe I'll get off the phone and say, maybe we can talk uh, again at a point where you're distraction free. Uh, you just say things like in a nice way that lets people know, like, hey, I'm giving you my full attention. I would like to get your full attention. So um, I'm just touching on a few different things here, Dallas. I'm not sure what boundaries you are referencing. So I'm trying to just touch on a few different ones here. Um, yeah. That helpful? Oh, it's so helpful. Yeah. I guess email time was one of them. Um, the cancellation policy. Um, it just, yeah, I guess if there's any other things that have come up for you that have been a problem that you've then said, oh, I need to fix this and make sure people know what my expectations of them are and then had to reinforce it. But it sounds like you've covered a lot of bases. So you've got this. Thank you for those tips. You're welcome. And the reschedule one is huge. And I think that's something that we do get tested on like every once in a while, even if, even if we do, you know, have great clients, it's like, before uh, on the booking call, before I take any money from anybody for their session fee, I take their session fee over the phone. I will say, okay, I just like to go over our reschedule policy because we've selected these dates on the calendar. And, uh, you know, the way that I operate, we select three dates it's the portrait shoot itself, the reveal and ordering appointment, and their wardrobe consultation. And so I say, we just ask that you honor these dates we've selected for your shoot. And um, in the case where there's something emergent where you need to reschedule, we request a 14 day notice in writing through email. And if under 14 days is given, then there's a $500 rescheduling fee. 
and we allow one reschedule per photo shoot. If a second reschedule request comes in, then a whole new session fee is required to get time back on the calendar. And then I say all session fees and all fees uh, for everything we create is non-refundable. And I say, do you have any questions? <laughs> and they usually say, no, that makes sense. And I said, I'm ready if you are. And they say, okay. <laughs> so I just kind of wanted to throw that in there too, because I think a lot of people struggle with that. Um, and then they also like in their booking details, the email that got sent out after we book them in also reiterates the reschedule policy. And then I do, I'm a photographer that works with the portrait agreement. It's also in the portrait agreement. So that's great, Carrie. That's really helpful. Um, we have time for our one last question from Ann Landstrom. So Ann, just go ahead and ask your question. We do want to wrap up one, Carrie. So let's just try to keep mindful of that too. <laughs> Yeah. Hi, Ashley and Kevin and Carrie, my girl. Um, I know Carrie uh, pretty good, but I'm going to give her a question, two, a two-part question. Question number one, how much do you divide on working on your business versus in your business? Question number one. And number two, what does Carrie do when she's not working? Oh my goodness. And I love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, great questions. Okay. So, um, Right now, the working on my business is like 90% of what I'm doing versus, um, I mean, obviously I'm working in my business too, but there's just so much moving and shaking on the back end of my business. And I know that we have to get off this call. I don't have, and you know a little bit about what's going on. Um, I don't have time to get into all that, but I would say it's a little bit unbalanced right now and I'm working very heavily on my business and I do have a team and I'm like training people to help me in all the ways that I need help. Um, and then what does Carrie do for fun? Um, <laughs> I like to go out to eat. Um, and I do like to cook, um, hang out with friends. Uh, we, um, my, I almost said fiance, my husband, we just got married in June. Um, so that was exciting. We, uh, we also bought a house last year. So it's like, uh, hanging out outside. Like this is the first time we've had outdoor space in five years. So we like to sit out on the porch and things like that. So just like, I don't know, these sound like boring things, but they're exciting for me. That, relaxing. <laughs> that doesn't sound boring at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Well, thank you there, Ann. And as, Ashley said, we are trying to wrap up, but I did have one final question for you. With where you are in your business and how successful you are, what are your future goals? Where are you trying to go next? Oh, I love this question too, because, you know, there's always goals on goals on goals, right? Of course. <laughs> um, I've actually ventured in, like it's a lot of uh, people in our community into the online education space. So uh, specifically around posing. So I've, I've started doing that and, and coaching uh, a bit um, as well. So I'm really excited about that. Actually, I think the thing that's really exciting, um, the idea about for me is doing workshops, like hosting workshops and retreats and things like that. Creative retreats or, you know, um, photographer retreats. So uh, I think that is definitely things that are all in the mix. Um, when, who knows, <laughs> but the, you know, we have things in the pipeline. So, so that's exciting, but yeah, I mean, I, and then as far as like the portrait side, I, 
really want to be just selling like really big wall art. So that's, that's something that a skill set that I'm starting to develop and, and learn on is like, how am I going to create portrait sessions specifically around creating wall art? Like that's my next big thing. Uh, with a good friend of yours, Felicia Reed, I know that wall art is one of the things that she sells a lot of. Um, I'm assuming Connecticut has a lot more wall space than we do here in California. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Places. It depends. We do have, uh, just like anywhere, you know, there, there are some places over here with like really big houses and, and, but old homes, sometimes it's like weird the way that they're structurally configured. Like you'd be surprised some big houses I go into, I'm like, you guys don't actually have much wall space in here. So it does depend on, you know, somebody's ability to have it in their home first and foremost, but yeah, I know. And I, and I love Felicia and I'm good friends with her too. And, um, and she does sell, uh, a bunch of wall art as well. It's, it's very satisfying when people buy the wall art because it's like, yes, like, Oh, put that on your wall. Remind yourself to like, that's who you are every day. Like, I love that. And then when people come in, let them know who shot that picture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Carrie, it has been an absolute pleasure. We've just scratched the surface. We had so many more questions, but we have hit the one hour mark. And I, before we go, I just want to give you the opportunity. Let people know where to find you. Okay, awesome. Yay. So um, website is carryroseman.com, C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-S-E-M-A-N.com. And socials, really active on Facebook and Instagram. And both of those places is at Carrie Roseman Studios. And obviously, you guys can shout me out and find me right in the SBE group. I'm in there a lot. Um, so happy to, to connect with people there as well. Perfect. Thank you very much. Everyone, please, please, please be sure to follow Carrie Roseman. Has some amazing content online. It's very active, as she says. Uh, and please make sure to follow the portrait system on Instagram and on Facebook as well. Also, be sure to go check out the blog posts associated with our clubhouse interviews at suebriceeducation.com forward slash blog. Nikki Klosser has just released a personal branding course that is available to check out on theportraitmasters.com, which also looks fantastic. So check that out. Uh, if you are a member of Sue Bryce Education and you have more questions for Carrie, as she said, uh, post it on the uh, member's Facebook group or tag Ashley or myself if you have any questions for us as well. Uh, if you are not a member of Sue Bryce Education, and if you are interested in learning more about how it can help your business succeed, please email Ella in support at support at suebriceeducation.com. Thank you again for joining us and hope you can join us next week. Thanks again for listening today. And don't forget, you can listen to either me or our special guests every Friday on Clubhouse at 11 a.m. Pacific. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-Day Startup Challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's suebriceeducation.com.